0: My number one album. Big shocker to me. Also folklore. Whoa. Are you ready to dive into all things Taylor Swift? Good for a Weekend is the ultimate
1: podcast for any Swiftie.
0: With new episodes dropping bi-monthly, as well as bonus episodes to give you real-time reactions to the latest rumors and news, it's your one-stop shop for all things T-Swift. We also love connecting with our fellow Weekenders, so be sure to connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and or Discord to share all your Taylor thoughts. Good for a Weekend is available wherever you get your podcasts. I know. Uh, Of course is. That. Like, it's a perfect album.
2: Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to The Spark Parade, a show where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. So... Today, my little Aussie Kiwi mini season is coming to a close. Boo! But I am going out with a tremendous bang! Yay! Uh, my guest today is singer songwriter Ladyhawk, who joins me to speak about her spark, The Last of Us game series. Pretty fucking exciting, right? This one was so fun! Uh, Lady Hawk, a.k.a. Pip, was just the kindest, warmest, funniest person, and I had such a good time chatting with her. So let's cut the bullshit and get to the interview. Uh, quick Lady Hawk facts. Lady Hawk is the stage name of New Zealand singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Pip Brown. Lady Hawk has been linked to a wave of 1980s-influenced, individualistic, androgynous female musicians who emerged in the late 2000s. She has also drawn inspiration from the music of the 90s, including Nirvana. To date, she has released three studio albums, and her fourth, Time Flies, will be released this Friday, November 19th. Quick Last of Us facts, the Last of Us series is an action-adventure survival horror video game franchise developed by Naughty Dog and published by Sony Computer Entertainment, For the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 consoles, the series takes place in a post-pandemic United States after an outbreak of the cordyceps brain infection in the year 2013, which has decimated nearly 60% of humankind. The first game follows Joel, a hardened middle-aged survivor of the outbreak, who meets a brave young girl named Ellie, who is wise beyond her years. Their adventures across America showcase real emotion while still maintaining a high level of action involving other human survivors and the infected. The sequel picks up the action five years after the events of the first game. Both titles have been highly successful and are considered to be two of the best video games of all time. And there you have it. Armed with that knowledge, let's forge ahead towards A Conversation. Here comes my chat with Lady Hawk about The Last of Us. The first question always is, do you remember uh, discovering this for the first time or being turned on to it?
1: Yeah, I, um, it was, so the first Last of Us game came out on um, PS3, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, eight years ago today.
1: Yes, I did see that actually, I did see the naughty dog post,
2: yeah,
1: um yeah, and yeah, it came out i, I so what is that 2013 yeah. yeah, was, yeah, so I just moved to the states, I was living in l a hmm. and um I had my like a ps three that I'd had for ages and I, I remember I pre-ordered the last of us. Because I, I saw the, um, you know, the build up to it and like the trailers and I was like, oh my God, this is yeah. going to be great. I just got obsessed. I was just, I, it's one of those games that I, I finished and then started again and played, played mm. and played and played and played. yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> It's
1: one you can keep going back to, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I guess um, that first question is kind of, there's an obvious answer to it because it was like, everywhere and you know yeah. it's a big games company anyway and everybody was very excited for whatever they were going to release but knowing yeah. you know what the themes were and everything it was yeah something that sounded very Yeah exciting.
1: and I was an uncharted fan so mm. I'd been playing all I'd played all the uncharted games um at that point and was really excited for this new sort of zombie post apocalyptic one i'm obsessed with that sort of theme as well so um i just i'd always loved the um the way the gameplay was in uncharted mm-hmm. like it the the, the characters the storyline was always so strong so i i i had high hopes for the last of us and it didn't disappoint
2: <laughs> yeah and i think that is a pretty um uh what one of the things that naughty dog is known for is like caring as much about the story as they do about the gameplay, about the way it looks, yeah. all of those things.
1: Yeah. And, you know, paying attention to getting someone amazing to actually write the story, which I think is really mm. cool as opposed to just like going, here's a cool game idea. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> right. Right. It feels yeah. really cinematic. Um,
1: Very. And, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, ha- having this like really solid foundation of a story and the way that it kind of Seamlessly flows from the sort of exposition, the you know, uh the scenes that you're watching into gameplay, where it's almost like there have been times when, like I, <laughs> I get really motion sick from playing computer games, and I like I watch my husband play this game, and I have yeah. to kind of watch through my fingers sometimes because I get really motion sick. But oh, um, still, like watching him when it'll like you know we're watching a little uh, interlude scene. And then it's like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh, it's it's like time to go. because uh, Yeah, you know. you're
1: in the game all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the way they blend that is so good. The cut scenes with the – all of a sudden you're, you're controlling the character. It's beautiful. I love it.
2: Yeah. And the way that it looks as well um, is yeah. just totally amazing. The attention to detail.
1: Oh, it's insane.
2: Yeah. They,
1: there's nothing that they haven't done, you know. And I love – and I know we're talking about the first one, but I love in the second one where – you're walking through like the remains of a town i can't remember what it is and um, and you see the the pride flag mm-hmm. r- crossing the like, mm-hmm. uh, zebra crossing on the ground and yeah, it's all yeah. cracked and then you walk into a bookstore and it's like a it's like a um, queer bookstore and you can pick up books and stuff it's mm-hmm. really cool yeah
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. and the, those details <laughs> right yeah and they're like you know uh, taking the time to say, even if there are things that aren't necessarily essential to the plot, building a world that feels real. Yeah, Um, And there are some things like that um, in the second one, when it is in Seattle, like my sister lives in Seattle. And so, you know, I'm familiar enough with it that it's like, oh, that's this thing. And it's like, you know, it's all crumbling and there's, it's overgrown with weeds and stuff, but you can still see that it's the place it's supposed to be.
1: Yes. Yeah. I love it. I love the Seattle part. So good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I guess, uh, on the same note of having, like, you know, a pride uh, uh, rainbow street crossing and um, uh, queer bookstore and stuff, having, like, I think any queer person in the first game kind of felt like Ellie was probably queer. Yep. Um. I, I
1: was like, I it. I was like, she's totally queer. Like, this yeah. And when they came out with um, Left Behind, which was mm-hmm. the DLC, I was like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, so, yeah. so elated that they went there. I was like, they could have just not gone there, but they, they did it and they did it so beautifully. They gave for this beautiful backstory and really tragic and sad. And it's just, it's so human, mm. you know, like it was just great. And um, yeah, then they went, you know, all in in The Last of Us 2, which I'm so glad about.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think in... The Last of Us 2, like having it, knowing that it's going to be the biggest game of the year. It's, you know, it was delayed and delayed and like everybody's just going crazy waiting for it to be out. Um, And having such a high profile game with a queer lead character, having like a trans character in the game Yep. um, and not giving a fuck what people think, like, you know, getting shit from people and being like sorry you don't like it yeah, you yeah. can go somewhere else
1: exactly and having someone like abby as well who's mm-hmm. just this jacked badass who's mm. like i'm just gonna fuck you up you know yeah. and, and like dudes couldn't handle how jacked she was like you know like bros that game were just like why does she look like that you know it's gross right. it's like are you kidding yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking awesome like yeah. they're portraying this woman how she probably would be she's driven and determined and she's like pushed her body to the edge and like got herself primed for this apocalypse, you know?
2: Like, totally. She's yeah. not
1: taken any, any um, prisoners.
2: Right. Yeah. And I think also just having Ellie's coming out, be this thing that was kind of dealt with in the uh, interim between the, the two games means that, the second game doesn't need to focus heavily on like yeah. a coming out narrative. And it's like, it's already accepted. Everybody knows she's queer and she has a girlfriend and who cares? That's like, it's uh, important, but it doesn't, they're not like pausing to say, this is a very special moment in this game where we yeah, introduce exactly. this pl- subplot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, look, look, look what we're doing. <laughs> right, right.
2: <laughs> and and I think that's it as well. Like having, um, being forward thinking enough being progressive enough I guess I mean like the idea that having a queer character is like something that's monumental that people need to be congratulated for is like I I wish we were past that by now Um, totally (laughs) but uh just being able to have a queer character in a game and just um very seamlessly blending that in with all of the rest of the stuff that's happening and it's just like it's just another part of who she is and um it's an important part of who she is but not saying that that has to be the thing to drive the narrative. And that's the thing that I'm I'm always really hungry for with queer stories is it's like mm. queer people do all of the things that straight people do, that cis people do, and yeah. uh, we don't need to have every single story be like, but this is also yeah. the gay story and we need to yeah, really yeah. emphasize the fact that it is yeah. gay.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know, shocking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think uh that speaks to a broader thing about all the stories, um, uh all the characters in both of these games that one of the things that makes them so compelling is that as we said before, it's so well written and the way the relationships between the characters feel so believable and it makes you really invested in them so it's like upsetting when someone dies and it's upsetting when you know you have to do things like you know killing people or whatever um it feels like the there are real stakes instead of just you know a computer game where you're, you're just shooting people randomly and there's no like emotional weight behind it
1: Yeah, exactly. Like when they flip the table and you, you know, you've been playing as Ellie, and then you all of a sudden you're playing as Abby, and you sort of flip flop between Abby and Ellie, and you you come to like love Abby, and you get to know her and her journey, and you totally understand her. And there's that scene at the end of the game where you, you're Abby. Are you Abby? No, you're Ellie, and you cut down Abby from the um, from the she's like suspended on a like a cross uh-huh. type thing yeah, yeah, like a yeah, yeah, yeah. on the beach yep. and you have to cut her down but then you fight her and you, you basically have to like you really fuck her up right. i can't actually like in my memory i'm like because it was so i love both the characters so much and it flip-flops between the two of them i actually can't remember if in that bit you were ellie trying to kill abby or if you're abby trying to kill ellie
2: i think i think you're abby went, i thought it was ellie
1: because I know, oh, because no, like you no, bite her no. fingers off. Ellie, Ellie A- Ab- lets her go, right? And then mm-hmm. Abby and Lev, Lev get in the yeah. boat and mm-hmm. sail off to Catalina.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, but that I loved how it did that. It made you empathize with the the sort of person you thought you were gonna be. You know, this is the person I'm supposed to hate, totally. but you end up loving them. And then, you know, Ellie herself is conflicted about you know, she's angry at Joel for lying to her. She's Mm -hmm. so angry. She wanted to die, you know, she wanted to die for the cause. So she's angry as well. And, but then Abby went and killed Joel and it's it's just endless.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, both of those uh, relationships, the relationship between Ellie and Joel and the relationship between Ellie and Abby, it, they both play on this idea of like, who is the hero? Who is the villain? And it's all about perspective. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, it makes me think of so there was a, somebody was talking about. Um, I, I don't remember. This is not a very good start to this anecdote because I don't remember anything about who said it or <laughs> what the context was. But it was something about like seeing two sides of a war and being yep. able to say that like, f- you know, even though you're fighting the war on the side the, the side of your country recognizing that in the country you're fighting against the enemy is you and that
1: yeah. the whole
2: narrative is that we are right. And the things that are going on in our country are the things that should be happening everywhere. And it's like just trying to, um, I think they do a really good job of, like you said, the, infusing everything with empathy, making you think about, um, everything from each character's perspective, instead of just saying Ellie is the hero, she's the one who's Right. Um, that it's yeah. so much more complicated than that
1: yeah it sort of it shows you that everyone's a little bit of a hero and a villain at the same time you know mm. you can do horrible things but you can also do incredibly heroic things and selfless things right. and Abby does both of those and so does Ellie so I mean Ellie Ellie's makes some real asshole choices you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, but she also does some incredibly amazing heroic beautiful things yeah so yeah it's, it's crazy I love that they did that though Mm -hmm. That's great. I don't think a game's ever made me feel that way before. Like, I got to the end and I was so emotional.
2: Time for a quick break because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here. But we'll be
0: right back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.
2: And, uh, you know, that, uh, again, it's like uh, that, that cinematic feeling that it's like watching a really good, really devastating movie... That kind of, and also just pushing beyond the uh, tropes of the genre. Not just having a zombie game where it's just like, yeah, you're just killing zombies, and uh, you know, there's no like emotional weight between behind any of the decisions that you're making. And also the fact that the zombies are almost. not quite incidental but they're like on the periphery of what's happening and it's yeah, the human exactly. uh dynamics that are the ones that really matter and introducing all of these you know just the fireflies and um whatever the religious cult is called
1: oh and, yeah the um Seraphytes, seraphites seraphites yeah um
2: having like just showing a little bit of the dynamics of all of these splintering groups and like their belief systems and people trying to escape from those belief systems or trying yeah. to get other people to adhere to them um and it's an, an incredible amount of complexity to the story and then on top of that the gameplay is complex and the design of the city is really complex um so it's yeah it's kind of mind-boggling it really immerses you in the world
1: yeah yeah it does it's incredible.
2: Mm. Also just um getting back to that whole kind of heroes and villains thing uh, thinking about like the character development from the characters who are um in both games the way that that uh their storylines progress and like kind of dealing with the fallout from what Joel has done in the first game in the second game and having that you know he's like is kind of surrogate daughter and is like yeah. in his mind he wants to protect her and do right by her in the way that he wasn't able to for his own daughter yeah and um making these really tough decisions and I was <laughs> reading something um a review of the uh second one where they were talking about the end of the first game saying that you get to a point where you think it's a decision point at the very end where you have to kill the surgeon. And it's like, Oh my God, the, you don't get to choose. Like you have to yeah. do this. Yeah. Um, and I remember that.
1: Yeah. It's Clearly. just like
2: horrifying and upsetting, but also like you understand where he's coming from, that this is somebody who's yeah. been through so much trauma and is like, I can't lose another daughter. Yeah. Um, Yeah like really heartbreaking
1: it's horrible yeah they'd really take you on an emotional journey there with joel and Mm -hmm. um yeah it's you know the 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 second game the i i like i thought it was a real shame that the that someone at naughty dog whoever it was leaked the do you remember when that happened someone leaked the script Mm -hmm. and it and it it came out way like before the game was supposed to come out, that Joel died.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so it wasn't the whole script, I don't think. I feel like it was part of the script, but but basically people found out that Joel died and the backlash was horrendous. And, yeah. like, the, the incredible um, voice actress that was playing, Abby, was just getting inundated with hate mail mm-hmm. and just she was getting abused and, like, they were getting... Just the whole game was getting trolled by every troll you could imagine, you know, gutted it at, 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 without even knowing the story or anything and I was so disappointed. I was like, not in the league, I was disappointed in people. Mm-hmm. I was like, come on like, yeah Joel's amazing but we don't even know the story yet you need to like play it first and see you know, and I think people got really like angry that it then became about ellie and abby as opposed to about joel and ellie and it's just really just dis- i was so disappointed in humanity yeah. after that. i mean it, humanity disappoints me many times but i was like come on guys like it's just a bunch of angry bros that were so like so threatened by like joel being killed off and and ellie and abby being the like leads you know it just it was really disappointing
2: yeah Joel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that goes to um the the kind of rabid fandom when it comes to computer games that yeah. like, you you get that with comic books and with you know m- movies like you know Star Wars yeah. and stuff, like people freaking out about uh John boyega being cast in Star Wars and being like, there are no black people in Star Wars, oh, um but I think there's a special <laughs> kind of uh, venom that comes from these fanboys. And, you know, I'm assuming mostly white, straight, cis stra- yeah. fanboys who are like, I don't want anything but me reflected in the games that I play because yeah. it's not just something that you're viewing passively, you're interacting, you're in charge. And so they yeah. want to feel like I can, I can relate to every second of this and there's no room for anything that isn't like exactly who they are
1: yeah i know and and that's why like in the past female leads in a game have been portrayed like you know lara croft for example like in the very early playstation versions of lara croft like ps1 i'm talking there was like a so she's very like you know big boobs and Mm -hmm. very beautiful and you know not wearing much clothing and um there was a, a a code you could do with your controller where you would hit, hit it in a certain way and it would make her boobs just go humongous so then you could like play as her with these huge boobs it's just you it made me so angry i'm like why is that necessary so then like you know games were doing these sorts of things to appease these you know cis dudes that that couldn't fathom playing a woman unless they found her sexually attractive you know mm. So the thought of like controlling someone like Abby, who's way too jacked, you know, mm. or Ellie, who's a oh, a lesbian, you know, right? Like, right. God forbid, <laughs> right? Like is is threatening, and and you know they couldn't possibly relate to that. I, it's yeah, it's wild.
2: Yeah, and it's just really like more than anything, it's just sad for them because those yeah. are the people who, I mean, I don't believe for a second that these people are not playing this game because of it they just want to have you know a bitch about it online oh um, yeah but if they decide not to play the game it's like it's you're you're the one who's losing out this it's a m- massively hugely successful franchise it doesn't matter if you don't yeah. like it it's not going to change anything and you can either make way for progress or um, you know, come on board. And those are the options like you can't. Yeah, you're either going to be stuck on the sidelines, you know, pining for a world that is, you know, from a bygone era or recognize that, you know, things are progressing. Other people are being included in, you know, the conversation writ large, but especially in the world of entertainment. You know, I was talking to somebody yeah. again about um, Black Panther the other day and just saying that for years and years and years, People were being told you cannot have an action movie or like a, a superhero movie, especially this huge budget thing, with all black characters. It's too, you know, mm. no, no one, in pe- people in other countries won't respond to it. We won't be able to sell it. And it's the same thing with this that I know um, they got with this game that it's like not only having a um, female lead, but saying we're having a gay lead as well. Yeah, and I think it's great that this company was just like so fucking what. This is it. It serves the story. This is the right decision to make, and yeah. this is the story we want to tell. And suck it up.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I can't remember if I it was a tweet of Neil Druckmann's I read or the pod the Last of Us podcast. There's a podcast where they go through it in depth with all the the actors that play the characters and stuff. And mm. and Neil Druckmann said that he he was getting after the first game and the, you know, left behind DLC, he was getting approached by so many queer people and he was getting like letters and fan mail from people in the LGBTQIA community um, saying how much it meant to them. Mm. And he said he was like quite taken aback. And so he was like, right, fuck it. I'm going all in, you know, yeah. this is, means so much to to queer people. Let's just go all in. And when I when I heard that I was I was just really stoked because he could have, you know, you never know what way
2: mm-hmm. these
1: game developers are gonna go. Right, <laughs>
2: right. They could
1: take that as a red flag and go that, <laughs> or yeah. they could go all in and he went all in. But I'll tell you just how bad the the trolling is though. Is I stream on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I I video play games on Twitch and stuff, and yeah. every time I choose to stream the last of us to i i've stopped now streaming it but every time i choose to play that on stream i get trolls who sit who literally seek out the game anyone who's playing the game and they'll come into my chat and say the worst things that just awful awful stuff like it's it's terrible and they there are trolls that seek out the LGBTQIA tag, which I have on my stream, mm-hmm. and the, and anything to do with the last of us as well. So if you have a queer tag or anything to do with the last of us, you just get bombed with trolls. It's really awful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah.
1: just these, like, I, I, I don't get it. And I like, I got to the point where like, I couldn't ignore Cause my mods are always telling me just ignore them, ignore them. Like, mm. but I can't, yeah. I'm like, Fuck, what's wrong with you people? Like, yeah (laughs) just playing a game for 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 a load of like-minded people who enjoyed the game like it's yeah it's just crazy
2: and like don't you have anything else to do with your time exactly
1: exactly what are you doing like (sighs) play a game you like and stop bitching about this one like totally
2: and like is this is this actually fun for you are you like trolling people is the activity like a hobby that you want to spend all of your time on i guess there must be people there obviously are people who really invest themselves in doing this stuff but
1: they must be so bitter like just bitter and like angry people because the energy to do that i don't have energy for that shit
2: yeah it's exhausting (laughs) and and just like being i don't
1: even like being angry i'm just like it's hard being angry yeah (laughs) like yeah
2: yeah but uh, you know and i think uh, at least some of that comes from people who have felt powerless in their own life feeling like it's a way to be powerful with very low stakes because they're hidden behind you know an avatar and nobody knows who they are and they can do all this stuff anonymously yeah um but yeah Ugh, it's so gross. Yeah, I, yeah it's gross. <laughs> um, we there's a queer like dance party, Zoom dance party called Club Quarantines. These kids in Toronto that started doing these like, dance parties and for the first like few months of lockdown, they were doing it every night, which was very ambitious. Um, but yeah. now it's like once a week, once every two weeks. And we joined one and there were all of these trolls like Zoom bombing and just oh, saying no. the most homophobic crap all over the chat. And, you know, they kept like booting them out and everybody was just kind of rolling their eyes and it's like a nice little community. There are a lot of people who come back a lot, but it's the same kind of feeling with gaming to me that it's like, you know, let's just focus on the positive aspects of stuff. And if you really hate something, just don't engage with it. You don't have to play that game. You don't have to do anything in the world of gaming that you don't want to do. And the idea that it just makes you so upset that somebody else, a different kind of person is getting the spotlight. It's just like, ah, grow up.
1: I know. I know. Just move on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Play
1: Call of Duty or something.
2: (laughs) Right. Right. Or, you know, the like late nineties version of Tomb Raider or whatever, you know, when when it was in your sweet spot.
1: PS1 Um, Tomb Raider. Yeah.
2: Right. Right. Um, But yeah, I I think um, with all, like, saying all of this stuff about how important representation is and stuff, again, going back to that idea that it's like not just representation for the sake of representation, it means something to the game. And um, yeah, the fact that, like, they picked up on, like, some somebody picked up on Ellie's queerness from the first game when she was a kid and yeah. just said like, I don't know if it was part partially to do with like audience response, like people saying, Hmm, I think I know what's mm. going to happen when she grows up. Um, <laughs> but
0: uh,
2: yeah, just like really a, a logical progression for that character. Um, and it feels like so natural and so right to me. And that's the other crazy thing. It's like, I, I just can't understand how anybody could see any other, uh, path for her.
1: Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that in the podcast, um, they, you know, a- a- Ashley Johnson, who plays Ellie hmm. talks in depth about it. And she said, um, when it, when they came to making left behind, um, Neil Druckmann came to her and wanted a in-person meeting and was like, look, we've decided to make Ally gay and she said she went huh i realized i was actually always playing her gay Mm. and i didn't i didn't realize it till this moment but she said yeah i was always playing her as a lesbian and i didn't didn't realize it so she was already putting that energy into ellie without even knowing it and you can just tell like that's a great Mm -hmm. actor that can do that because i could tell without that dlc like way before play it just immersed in that game it's like she's gonna this girl is gay. Like she's yeah. got to be gay. There's no way she isn't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I'd
1: it, be shocked. <laughs>
2: right. And I think so often with characters who feel queer in any kind of entertainment, if you think that in your mind, it doesn't end up, they don't follow through with that. Yeah, like, exactly. even if you're like, everybody knows that that person is queer, it, it very it rarely never goes anywhere. Right. So I yeah. think it's amazing that they actually said like, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It was really cool hearing her talk about it as well, and and break break that down. It was, yeah, it sort of validated everything that you you as the the p- person playing felt. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh yes, that's she was she was purposely doing that. It's really cool.
2: Yeah, and I guess that's another element is employing really great actors to play these characters, yeah. so that you know that really grounds it in reality too. Like feeling like they're skilled people behind you know doing the motion capture and stuff so it feels like you know natural movement and natural speech and all of that yeah. stuff
1: yeah, yeah yeah it's very well done
2: yeah um i am tremendously happy with this this was so Great. much fun <laughs> i love
1: talking about this so i'm so stoked <laughs> me
2: too um thank yeah. you so much for making time for me have oh, thanks fun. for having me
1: yeah. i appreciate it
2: All right. thanks again. Take care.
1: Cool, thank
2: you. Bye. Bye. Oh my god, that was so much fun. Thanks so much to Pip for chatting with me. That was definitely one of my faves. Um, I'm so glad that we can make it happen. Ladyhawk's brand spanking new album, Time Flies, is out this coming Friday, November 19th. So stream and download it to your heart's content. Okay, quick spark from me. Uh, I went to a screening of the new Ghostbusters movie over the weekend, and I was expecting it to be terrible, but it was really good! It's so rare for me to see a blockbuster movie that doesn't take itself too seriously and doesn't have a three-hour running time, so it was really great to go to the movies for some pure escapist fun. Um, I think it comes out this weekend, maybe? So um, yeah, so check it out if you're in the mood for something light. Uh, and that's about it for me this week. I've got a Monday and Wednesday episode for you next week ahead of Thanksgiving, and I'm going to stick to that schedule for the rest of the year, I think. Uh, outside of that, enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great weekend. And until next time, bye.